This is so wizarding. Hey, this is Dave from Superior Speak, and you're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 254 of the So Wizard podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Luke, I am your father. (laughs) And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Reagans. (laughs) My neck and my back hurt. (laughs) <laughs> my pussy and my crack. <laughs> Those actually feel good. <laughs> okay. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, we're going to talk some nerdy news. We got a bunch of trailers to talk about and some other stuff. And then, Mark, you have an interview with... With Matt Cox, he's a uh, he's a playwright who uh, wrote a play about a certain magical school that a certain magical student went to to become a wizard. And uh, this is a story all about the other people that went to that school, uh, and it's hysterical. It's it's awesome. Uh, it's called Puffs, loosely based on the uh, Hufflepuffs of a uh, a certain uh, cinematic universe. Excellent. So Matt Cox, the playwright behind the hit off Broadway show Puffs. He's going to be talking to Mark Ellis all about the show. But before we get into all that, how is everyone doing? Mark Ellis Regans, you're tired, you're sore. What is going on? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had a nice rude awakening of exactly how old I am when I went to help my friend move some furniture. And uh, yeah, I'm, it's going to take me a few days to uh, get back into shape but uh, or get back into uh, normalness. But right now, brother's hurting. I'm going to get through this podcast as quickly as I can. And then you're going to take a bunch of aspirin and go to bed? Exactly. Awesome. What about you, Aubrey? How are you this week? I'm good. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I've just been working. Uh, I worked more this week, I think, than I have. No. No, I haven't. I've worked, and it, it's been a busy couple days at the brewery. It is, it's fun. Fun but busy? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a great place to work. I meet a lot of people. Um, and... You know, I like beer. I like talking to people about it. Everybody is super interested in the podcast and everything. So they always ask me how it's going and and stuff like that. And some of my customers do listen. Some of the owners listen. Um, It's a lot of pressure. (laughs) And it can be. Um, But they're all really, really great. And they're good sports about it. And um, sometimes they joke with me about it. But, yeah, it's been great. It's been a good, good week. You know, even when it's busy, it doesn't feel like, uh, I don't feel stressed out about it. Well, you can get trashed at work. It's probably a lot easier. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do that. Time to That'd rage. That'd be illegal. <laughs> That's right. But our podcast does go really good with beer. Just, just it throwing does. it out there. Joey, how about you, man? How are you doing? Oh, man, I am wiped out. It's been a long weekend of work. But today was Father's Day. As we record today on Sunday, June 16th, it's uh, Father's Day, and it's also my 19th wedding anniversary today. Congratulations, man. She put up with you for 19 years. (laughs) It's been longer than that. It's a total of 24 altogether. Yikes. um, Yeah, so it was our wedding anniversary and Father's Day. So today, me and Jen, actually, I took the day off from job number two. So I had nothing to do today except spend time with my family. <laughs> <laughs> and then you pushed them to the side and said, I'm going to record a podcast. See no, <laughs> uh, the kids actually slept over their friend's houses last night. And uh, me and Jen went out to eat. And we did a little bit of farting around in the mall, checking out some stuff at Target. And we tried to avoid doing errands because we usually end up doing that when we have a quote unquote date. The next thing I know, we're at like Walmart buying paper towels. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, we uh, we went out to eat. We get went to a place called uh, there you go. Went to a place called Classic Burger in uh, West Springfield, Massachusetts, and it was phenomenal. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we we ate there, and uh, and then we came home, and I took a nap, and <laughs> Jen watched boring British te- television shows on Amazon, and now here we are. And here we are. Yeah, that's that's been about it. But enough about us. Markellis, why don't you talk about us and tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. All right. So everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, you'll find movie reviews from yours truly. Uh, you'll find some Netflix and Amazon streaming picks from our buddy, the awesome Adam Mollyhawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there. You can purchase some of our Soul Wizard t-shirts. Look good while you're representing the show. Uh, another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. You'll see the big Amazon logo, the big A. You click on that, you do your Amazon shopping, receive your products, and that way So Wizard Podcast could get a little bit of help. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, so get at us on the social medias. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review while you're there. You can also subscribe to us on the Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone, Podbean, Google Play Music, and you can stream our show through Spotify and through Podcoin where you can earn points that you can transfer into money just for listening to our show. We also have a Patreon account that you can support the show monthly and receive bonus content and also a YouTube page, YouTube backslash Soldier Podcast. A shout out to all of our podcasting buddies all over the world. Back to you, Joey. Hello, ladies. How'd you like to spend a little quality time with this sexy bad, huh? Oh, boy. Uh, I guess the only thing to do now would be to talk about the news. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right, Marcellus, lay it on us. What's going on in the world of nerd this week? All right. So one of the first things that I'm actually very excited to talk about, and I really wanted to get your opinion on this, Thanks to you, Joey. I had no idea this was going to happen until you posted it. Uh, we're getting another Spice Girls movie. Yay! But this one's going to be an animated movie. Uh, but it will have all five of the girls back. It will have their classic songs. And it will have their new songs. Uh, or some new songs. But a Spice Girl animated movie is coming. I believe the date was for next year. This makes me very excited because uh, I have a love-hate relationship with the Spice Girls. Hated them. And then there was a moment where it all turned around and now I love them. So what? let's go around a room and hear what your opinions are. Aubrey, let's start with you. Are you excited for I know you don't like animated movies, but are you excited for a Spice Girl movie? Spice up your life. <laughs> I don't know if I'm excited for an animated Spice Girls movie. No. I, didn't, I love Spice World. I love the Spice Girls. But I don't know if I would enjoy an animated Spice Girls movie. All right. We'll see. We'll have to t- take a look at the trailer and see if that changes your mind at all. Yeah, you never know. I could. Uh, I, <laughs> Joy, what about you, man? How do you feel about Spice the Spice Girls returning in uh, animated form? I think this is about the time when two become one. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm all in. I saw the first their first movie in the movie theater, and it was really bad, but in a good way. Right. And uh, this is going to have all of them? We're even getting Posh Spice back? Yeah, even Posh is coming back for it. Well, is that because she doesn't really talk, so they just have to animate her <laughs> walking around in the background? Yeah, she just has to say like three words, and that's it for the entire movie. They can just take it from uh, interview clips. They don't even need her to show up. No, she can call in on Skype and record. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if it's, I don't know, like it depends on what it is. Like if it's kind of like kitschy and like fun to watch i i would watch it just because it's ridiculous but if it's gonna be some weird like direct-to-video like bratz dolls like type thing for extremely young girls i don't think it's really gonna be something on my radar so yeah. i'll just have to get my vhs tape of uh topless ginger spice out and watch that <laughs> while i cry and eat ice cream i distinctly remember there being a spice world video game yeah, I had out. it. It was for PlayStation 1. <laughs> I <Jesus>. have it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
had all I had all five of them. I had all five Spice Girls Barbie dolls too. Oh wow! For collectors to like save them up because they were going to be worth money in in a few years, right? Oh, I just thought it was funny to have them, but then I flipped them on eBay. <laughs> there you go. This is like, like ten years later for uh, money to go to I think Wizard World Philly one year. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I, I I said it before, dude. I've I, I hated the Spice Girls like when they first came out, and then um there was a point where I was making a comic book about me and my friend, um just about our lives and you know just like adventures that happened to us, but kind of turned up a few notches just to kind of make it you know silly for comic book form. And then I went to see the Spice Girls movie, and I'm like, holy shit, they're doing the exact same thing that I'm doing. They're taking their life, but kind of amping it up for entertainment purposes. And so I couldn't hate on them at that point. They're, you know, they, they thought like me. So from that moment on, Spice World, Spice Girl fan number one right here. I would almost fly over to England and go check out their concert if I could afford it. All right, so that's it for that one. Uh, next, we have Quinn Tarantino officially saying that uh, if his Star Trek movie does get off the ground... It will be rated R. Uh, so this will be the first time we get a rated R Star Trek movie ever. Uh, the cast seems to be psyched about it. They got to play Spock and they got to play Bones. They're down for it. The reason it will be rated R won't be just for like language and, and nudity and just for extreme stuff. It uh, really mainly just to show the consequences of what space travel and stuff is like it when bad shit does happen. So I don't know. I don't think this movie's ever going to happen. It's a nice idea. I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, how do you feel about there actually officially being an R-rated Star Trek movie? Let's start with you, Joey. I don't like Star Trek, so... Right, but you like Quentin Tarantino. Yes, I do. But this reeks of some project, like, this is going to be Tarantino's Alita Battle Angel. Okay. Like, we're going to talk about this for, like, 15 years, and then (laughs) it'll get made, and he'll write the script. But it'll just be some other person will direct it and it won't be as good. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I think that I I would bet money that's what's going to happen. But I don't know. Like, I I really hope he has a story idea that requires an R rating because I don't really need to see, uh, even though I'm not a big Star Trek fan, I don't need to see people on Star Trek walking around dropping F-bombs or anything or any weird like sexual situation. (laughs) So. Like, I don't really, that's not really Star Trek. So it might be funny for like 15 minutes, but not as a two hour movie. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I hope he has some kind of crazy idea that requires an R rating. Otherwise, I don't understand what we're doing here. So, all right. All right. Aubrey, what about you? You're a Star Trek fan. How do you feel about an R rated movie? Um, I don't think that it goes along the lines of Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek's all about peace and maintaining peace, and I don't know, it just see, it didn't feel right to me. I guess I'll see what it looks like, yeah. if there's ever a trailer, but it, I don't know if I'm going to like it at all. Kind of feels, like, wrong. Yeah, well, Star Trek is all about peace, but you have to, at least I, I think that there has to be at least some point where it gets to peace. There has to be, like, that war. There has to be, like, that kind of evilness to show in order for it to get to the point where everyone's like positive and happiness. So um, I think that, I don't know. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but if it does, you know, good for Quentin for getting further into the geek world. I am looking forward to his new movie though. That, movie, that new movie looks awesome. Oh, um, and also I just wanted to quickly throw out the Joker movie is actually going to be rated R too. That's been confirmed. So now I'm even more excited for that one. Uh, so now we have some trailers, a bunch of trailers that dropped this week. Uh, let's start with the one that they were talking about it for a while and I didn't think it was actually going to happen, but it turns out the movie was made. I don't think it's going to hit in the theaters, but there is a banana splits movie and it's a horror movie. Um, I remember banana splits from when I was a kid. They didn't really scare me. There was nothing about it that seemed that it would lend itself to be a horror movie, but here we are. Uh, the trailer looks silly. I'm not really sure who it was made for. I'm not really sure why it exists, but, uh, I don't know. Someone we talk about original films. This is original. Uh, Aubrey, what did you think of the Banana Splits trailer? I know it's a horror movie, and we're definitely not going to make you see it. But what did you think of the trailer? I don't. It looks creepy and gross and stupid. <laughs> Were you familiar with the Banana Splits at all? No, not at all. Yeah, that was way before your time. Yeah, and I have no idea who the Banana Splits even are. Mm-hmm. All right, Joey, what about you, man? Oh, wow. Um, it 
definitely looked creepy um, and weird and, and low budget. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, I get, it's so weird. Like it's <laughs> such a weird property to bring back for a horror movie. Like, but I guess it works because they have a lot of views on the trailer on YouTube. But, uh, I, I don't understand why you would spend the money to license banana splits. Like, what, you can just make a random regular thing. But I mean, it, it looks okay. It looks like a low budget direct to video horror movie. That's kind of a ripoff of five nights at Freddy's. So, uh, okay. I, um, uh, if, if it fits in the schedule, I could see us watching this for the show, not Aubrey, but, um, <laughs> I just don't want to see any movies with uh, little kids getting killed or anything in it. So hopefully right. it doesn't go too crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's strange. I don't really know who this is made for, but, uh, like I said, it's something it, you can't really compare it to anything else, or except for maybe Child's Play. But that's that's his own kind of original idea. Maybe we'll get a Captain Kangaroo movie where he's a serial killer next. Like ping pong balls, like drop on people and kill them. <laughs> yes. Bozo the Clown. Deep, deep cut. All right. So then the next trailer we got was another horror movie. Jesus. Actually, oh, I'm starting to Sorry, see, Aubrey. A lot of horror. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to see a pattern here. Uh, this one is the third part of the... Rob Zombieverse, I guess, trilogy. Uh, he did House of a Thousand Corpse and The Devil's Rejects. This one is called Three from Hell. Uh, so this is the next chapter in that cinematic universe. I have not seen either of those. Not a fan of Rob Zombie. Couldn't care less about this one. Uh, but here it is. Joey, what did you think about the uh, the Three from Hell trailer? Oh, boy. I'm going to get myself in trouble now. But... um I remember a long time ago, they used to have a TV show on MTV called Cribs. Do you guys remember this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they showed Rob Zombie's house and he had just a metric fuck ton of like horror memorabilia. And I think he was like his entire basement was like all like VHS movies. Okay. It was actually really cool. And I'm not a fan of his music, but he seemed like a cool guy. And he was a big, big, big horror fan. So when he announced he was making a movie. I was really excited because it was like, wow, this could be really cool. And I really fucking hate that movie. <laughs> I watched it. I couldn't stand it. And I get the vibe that he goes for in his movies, but it's not the type of horror movies that I like. So if that's what you like, you're going to be totally into it. But that's not for me. So I didn't like it. And I didn't watch the second one. <laughs> And I probably won't watch the third one because if I didn't like the first one, why would I watch the third part of three of things I didn't like? But I know there are people out there that love this shit and are over the moon about it. So good for them. But for me, I'm all set. All right, Aubrey, did you did you watch the trailer at all? I did. Okay. Um, what did you think? So... I have also seen the MTV Cribs episode <laughs> and one of my ex-boyfriend's cousins is his cousin is also married to Rob Zombie. And I've heard personally he's a nice guy, but I don't like horror movies. And right. it seems like one of those old fashioned like slasher movies and I don't care to see it. Yeah, it's really more of a like mean uh, grindhouse feel to the movies he makes. Like it's not fun to watch yeah i mean i haven't heard that his movies are deplorable but i also haven't watched them and i have no interest in watching them i think they're not my style so of course i'm going to think that they're garbage all right so we won't put this one on the uh on the slate to review down the road not on the schedule guys sorry <laughs> sorry all right so then uh another horror movie depending okay. on how you look at it in the uh disney cinematic universe we have frozen 2 <laughs> uh, they dropped another trailer with a little bit more footage. Um, I was not that big of a fan of the first Frozen. I'm not going to lie. I It's okay. But I think Tangled was a way better movie than Frozen. I don't understand how Frozen gets all of that love. Uh, but we got the, the trailer to the sequel. And honestly, it just bored me. Couldn't care less about what was happening at all. But it's nice that it's nice that the kids who grew up with Frozen will have another one to to watch, but the trailer didn't really do anything for me. Um, Aubrey, <laughs> I know you don't like animated movies, but what did you think of this trailer? 
I also do not understand why Frozen gets as much attention as it does. Mm-hmm. I don't like they they keep saying this is the first movie where she doesn't need a man. What about Mulan? Mulan did yeah, she got the guy in the end, but she didn't need no man to help her save China. Yeah. You know, and and Brave also, she didn't need a man. Yep. Tangled is fantastic. Granted, she ended up with a man, but you know, it's it is a fantastic movie. But I don't and and Anna also did end up with a man. <laughs> so I don't quite understand the big draw to it. So I saw Frozen 2 trailer and I was completely uninterested because I think that the whole series is stupid. It's popular based on a lie. It's not even true that she didn't end up with a man. She did. Well, we also got three Cars movies, so I guess it doesn't really matter. All of those Cars movies are fantastic. <sighs> but we'll- Maybe... You just need a small child to watch them with you. <laughs> we'll save that for for another time. Joey, yeah. what about you, dude? How do you feel about Frozen 2, the trailer? Well, first off, I'm much like Frozen. I'm so glad I dodged the bullet with cars. Just came out at a really good time when my daughter was just getting a little too old for that. And my mm-hmm. son was not old enough for it. So, yes. Same thing with Frozen. Obviously, my son's not going to be even remotely interested in Frozen because it's for girls, and my daughter was too old for that crap. So, Oh, yeah, so you totally dodged a bullet. I have never even seen Frozen. Don't bother. I did watch the Space Jam theme song, <laughs> Let It Go mashup on YouTube a few times. It's about the extent of my Frozen experience. Oh, and we were forced to sit through Olaf's Frozen adventure right. when we went to see Coco. So even if I did like Frozen, I now not only hate Olaf, but I hate all snowmen, <laughs> all snow, and all 20-minute animated shorts. Wow. It, it, it hurt you that much, huh? It cut you deep. Dude, we were prepared. Like, we knew that that was going to be on it, and we knew we would have to sit through it, blah, blah, blah. We talked about it on the way to the movie theater. Me and Colin are like, all right, we're going to do this. We're just going to power through. Olaf's Frozen Adventure will be fine. It's, it's 20 minutes. What I was, we'll relax. We'll eat popcorn. It's like, I, I think we were like four minutes in. And I'm already looking at my watch like, fuck, dude. <laughs> when, when is this going to be over? <laughs> People were singing. It was awful. And Coco was fucking fantastic. So um, that made Olaf Adventure look even worse. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I literally have zero reason to see frozen i will say that this looked pretty epic uh from the trailer though a little more actiony than i was expecting obviously it's still a disney movie but um there weren't there wasn't a lot of singing in it at least Uh, i'm good i'm all set with frozen (laughs) all right yeah yeah we'll see we'll see well that one uh, that's another one that we are not going to actually put on the slate to our review but uh we'll see how it goes thank god all right, so then the last trailer that came out was another horror movie. This one is actually oh, a legit boy. horror movie. Uh, Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, with uh, Ewan McGregor taking on the part of the young kid from The Shining. Uh, this He's got a lot of range as an actor to play a young kid. The the adult version of the young kid. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was imagining Ewan McGregor riding a big wheel around a hotel. <laughs> this is my Oscar-winning performance. As a side note. Did anybody know that Rob Zombie was a production assistant for Pee-wee's Playhouse? <laughs> no, that's pretty amazing. It's scary. Uh, so I've only seen The Shining once, and it was like over 20 years ago, so I don't even remember like what the story was about. Uh, I thought this trailer looked really cool. I'm definitely interested to see it, and I definitely want to see The Shining again so I can get reacquainted with it. What did you guys think of the trailer? Let's start with you, Aubrey. I don't remember anything about The Shining. I watched it. Uh, probably 14 years ago. (laughs) So I don't remember at all what happens in The Shining. No, more than 14 years. Probably 18 years ago, Mm -hmm. honestly. So I don't remember anything that happens. This movie looks creepy. It looks like something that's going to creep me out. Ah, I was going to ask if you thought you could do it. I mean, I might try because it, it seems supernatural and... I can handle supernatural scary. I can't handle shit that can happen in real life. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's where my anxiety goes. Woo. All right. So, Joey, what about you? What did you think of the trailer? Um. Yeah. I mean, I've seen The Shining a bunch of times. 
Yeah. And I actually really like it. For some, I feel like it was on TV a lot, maybe like 10 years ago. Does that make sense? It was on like TNT or something all the time? Yeah, probably. probably. I feel like not only have I seen it multiple times, but I've watched like half an hour here, 20 minutes there. I, I love that movie. It's great. I don't know how I felt feel about a sequel. I obviously did not read the book. Um, I asked my wife who reads everything and she has not read that book yet, but it's in the list. So I don't, can't get a you know review from her as to what she thought of the book. I did read the synopsis on Wikipedia and it sounds stupid, <laughs> but it, you know what? A lot of Stephen King stuff sounds really stupid. If you just read it out. Yeah. With the exception of something that's like really grounded, like misery. So like, I, I don't know. Like it, it could be, could be stupid. It could be good. Um, obviously, like Ewan McGregor, and uh, you know, <laughs> I, it's really hard sometimes to watch um, anything involved The Shining because I've seen the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode. Was it like The Shining or something? The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that one so much that it like, like it, it's almost impossible to like watch it straight without yeah. like laughing. <laughs> Now, the, the one time I did see The Shining, it's one of those things where, you know, people told me about it and, and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll finally check it out. I know it's a horror movie and I like sat at home alone, turned the lights off. I'm like, all right, I want the full effect of this movie. And then about three quarters of the way through the movie, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to turn all the lights on now and finish watching the end of this movie because it was scaring the shit out of me. Oh, that, really? That was the, the only time I watched it. At all. It wasn't, it wasn't like jumps, it wasn't jump scares, but it was like, it set Creepy. a mood and it, it definitely creeped me out. I am kind and never, ever creepy. <laughs> um, you, you also saw Ready Player One, and that had The Shining in it. Yeah, it did. It did. So I know, like, all of the beats, but I don't know, like, the full, like, gist of it. Maybe this is actually a secret sequel to Ready Player One. It has nothing to do with The Shining. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I love Ready Player One. Someday, Ready Player One's going to be in a movie that he doesn't have to wear a visor for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, so I, I, I'll say we're in on this one. We're gonna we're gonna go see this in the theater. Oh, we're gonna do a review for this one. This we're one's gonna, gonna be on a slate. We gotta do this one. Add it to the slate. All right. Uh, Doctor Sleep hits theaters November eighth, and we it better be, be good because man, if you name your movie after sleeping and your movie's boring. <laughs> Man, you are inviting some bad headlines. Yeah. Oh man, they practically write themselves. <laughs> all right, so um, so yeah, so that's it. That's all I got for the news. Awesome. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back with Mark Ellis's interview. Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you're having fun listening to this episode of So Wizard Podcast. But did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to us? I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. We've just discovered a new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast you love, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks, or if unlike me, you're a good person, you could actually donate it to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. Here's what you got to do. Download the free app right now on your iPhone or Android device. I've got a special code for you. Simply use our code WIZARD when you sign up and you'll get 300 PodCoin just to start off. If you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a drink at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card and it's like I gave it to you. So go ahead, go listen to this podcast or any of your other favorite shows on PodCoin and sign up with the code WIZARD. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. All right, so uh, WizKids, here's my interview with playwright Matt Cox writer of puffs the off-broadway play that is playing in new york and in australia so uh countdown this is your chance to check it out too uh he's a really cool dude and uh, i had a lot of fun talking to him and he's a geek just like everybody else i fit he fits right into the soul wizard podcast crew uh, so check out this interview with matt cox all right whiz kids uh marky mark soul wizard podcast uh i am giving a special treat to all of you Harry Potter fans. Uh, tonight, we are joined by a very special guest. He is the playwright of the hit off-Broadway play Puffs, or Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic and Magic. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Cox. Matt, how are oh, you tonight? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks for wanting to talk about Puffs in our really long title. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think in the Harry Potter universe, having a long title kind of goes hand in hand in certain, <laughs> certain aspects. Thanks As for... we say, a uh, certain boy wizard. Oh, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> a certain boy wizard at a certain magic school. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. I am a, I'm a huge fan of the Harry Potter franchise, uh, the books and the movies. So I was very interested to... Uh, go through this entire play and gather all the uh, all the fun that I could out of it and uh, really pick your brain on a, a few topics. Uh, but first, why don't you give the listeners a little synopsis of what Puffs is all about? Uh, yeah, so Puffs, or Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic <laughs> Magic, is uh, the story of of a certain magic school that you may be familiar with from several books and several movies, only this time it's not that particular famous boy wizard story. It's the story of the Puffs and several of the other kids who happen to be going to that same magic school during that uh, increasingly terrifying seven years. Um, in this version, we follow a boy named Wayne Hopkins, who's a bit of a nerdy kid, uh, who, you know, having grown up a lover of like sci-fi fantasy films and movies sees himself as this opportunity to be the chosen one only uh he doesn't get to <laughs> um, and so we call it uh it's a story for anyone never destined to save the world uh and we get just a, a bit of a side glimpse at this story that many people are very familiar with of this very magical world um and just see what it was like for all the other people there it's a fun time there's lots of wizard jokes and a lot of 90s jokes which is fun yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was I thought it was very cool that you kept it based in that time frame that it came out back in the nineties because uh like when yeah. th there's a reference to, there's a few nineties references and I'm like whoa did that actually <laughs> happen then yeah there's there's something that was really wonderfully funny when when I was first writing the show and putting together that I guess because that's something that's never really been used or even talked about much whenever we get a glimpse of that world and I don't know I just think there's something really funny that it all takes place in the nineties. Uh, just because it's you know it's kind of it's it's a funny little decade. It's not the greatest decade or anything, and it's <laughs> right. know, it's got a lot. Of, there's a lot of comedy there. Right. So I really wanted to ask you, what was the inspiration for this? Like, I, I have an idea that you might have, uh, you know, done like the the tests, like a lot of people have, and figured out what house that they belong to, and saw that you were a puff, and was like, you know what, I'm just gonna write a story where the puffs are like the main leads. So what was the inspiration for the story? Uh, so really, it was just, I was on a train in the winter uh, in New York City. I was going to a friend's party, I believe. Um, and I was just kind of thinking up some ideas. I, we had just, it, Puffs was my second full-length play that I'd written. And the first one was this show called Kapowi Go-Go, which is sort of the <laughs> celebration of all things science fiction, cartoon, anime, video games. It's got a lot of like Final Fantasy jokes in it and things like that. Nice. And it was four and a half hours long. Oh, wow. <laughs> split, yeah, split up a lot of parts. It was, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I was really trying to think of something, you know, that would be a little bit more accessible, even in terms of the thing it's having mm -hmm. some fun with. And so when originally the first idea I had was, well, wouldn't it be kind of fun to take a look at those that particular seven years at this magic school uh, just through the lens of the other kids and just like follow it like a horror story just because of how terrifying <laughs> it must have been to have to experience all these things when you're just trying to get a wizard education. And then it was just a quick jump immediately to be like, oh, it, well, it would want to focus on the puffs because uh, even more so a few years ago and less so now. But the pop culture has certainly deemed the puffs, the not so cool kids at right. magic school. And I think that there's something very relatable there to myself growing up and a lot of other people as well. And so then it was just kind of it all set itself up. And then I was just kind of amazed that the idea hadn't really been visited before. Uh, that was kind of I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of it all clicked very fast. Nice, nice. I I will say uh, I wasn't quite sure what to uh, expect. I'm not like a huge Broadway uh, fan. Um, mm -hmm. Not that I don't like. I mean, I love plays. I love storytelling. Uh, but I, I sat and watched this with a friend of mine who's very into Broadway. She loves Broadway. And there are so many jokes in there. Uh, I think one of the first, the moment that I knew that I was in for a great time is the sorting hat scene, <laughs> where the sorting hat is the old fortune teller paper yeah. uh, machine that uh, everyone made when they were kids. Uh, once I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> that was uh, Madeline Bundy who designed the costumes, the set, the props, all kinds of things. And she also plays uh, Susie and Harry in the show. Uh, she came up with that. And yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. We kept, we tried so many different things in the moment that that, um, like some, it was just originally a hat. So yeah. at one point it was very theatrical and it was like a bunch of hands, like kind of out of like labyrinth. Mm -hmm. um, 
Um, and then it was as soon as it was the fortune teller, it was like, oh my God, <laughs> like how on earth did we not think of that? Or how has no one else thought of that again in the same way? Uh, just because it, it lines up perfectly. And again, the 90s thing uh, mm-hmm. just kind of, I don't know, it worked. <laughs> now, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's really funny, though, you mentioned the, the not liking plays in general, just because I do actually think that it's something fun with Puffs is that we tend to be a lot of people's like first play that yeah. they see a lot. I think it's just because of the nature of the uh, subject matter. But I don't know, that's also something that we, the group that I make shows with, that, that was something that we kind of also cater to, like making things be funny in a way that a lot of plays don't, aren't necessarily, and they are epic and celebrate like an event uh, more so. But so, I don't know, I think that's cool. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it is hysterical. There is, the jokes come so fast so fast that it i wanted to like take notes and kind of be like uh you know let you know what what some of my favorite jokes were but <laughs> after about like you know the second page of writing it down i'm like ah this is just too much it's just too much uh, it's a lot of jokes i like i like my bit <laughs> yes yes one of the one of the things that i i just have to commend you on that my friend pointed out to me and i wouldn't have caught it at all is the uh serious black um prison slate Oh yeah, <laughs> there is a very nice Broadway reference to that that I wouldn't have caught at all. And uh, when she pointed it out, I'm like, "This play is amazing." Yeah, we try to hit everything from all corners. Again, that was another one that was Madeline Bundy. Uh, she nice. came up with a lot of those visual things. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so I wanted to ask now because the jokes, uh, because the play is so jam packed with jokes, there it's uh, so many jokes, so many references. Uh, but because you are following a story that um, a lot of people know. And it's not all comedy through the whole story. There is some kind of uh, dramatic events that happen. Was it really challenging for you to, to write a story that had so many jokes in it, but when you know you got down towards the uh, the third act, that it was going to take uh, some more serious turns? Uh, yeah. So the, Similar to the other show I was mentioning, probably go, go. there's something about the shows that I tend to w- want to write are – I. I First and foremost, I want them to be a full, like, laugh a minute joke fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the audience to be laughing a whole lot. But the flip side of that is I also want you to care. <laughs> yeah. And that the laughter is also, to some extent, building you to care about these characters. And so that ultimately, it's very important to me as well that the show be full of, like, real earnest heart. Um, and so that was something very much, uh, whenever we were first thinking of it, that it was, we knew that it was going to be this thing that would be as many jokes as we could cram into it. But first and foremost, we also wanted to make sure that it was full of an actual story worth caring about and worth thinking about, uh, with real drama and real stakes and something that uh, also that people come into it, not expecting just because, uh, which is something that we hope to play off of just because, um, it is very much a parody of this world, mm-hmm. uh, but we're we're a group of people. We come from like the downtown area of New York theater, uh, and so it's kind of a parody made by a bunch of people who didn't want to make a run-of-the-mill parody. And the way to do that is, you know, fill it with jokes, but also fill it with some, you know, real stakes and drama and sadness and yeah. some existential crises. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yeah, so that was very difficult to balance, though, and figure out how much. And there's a lot of jokes on the cutting room floor. There's a lot of like more plot points on the cutting room floor just to keep that all compact so that it flows but it was that, that was from the get-go it was most important that i like i knew how the play ends would be how it ends mm-hmm. uh just from like knowing that i don't know that, that it would be kind of sad was always appealing yeah i was and that was going to be one of my next questions is was there a draft of this that was just straight comedy or was there any scenes that were maybe too dark towards the end <laughs> that you had to pull out just to make it you know still seem people can still have a smile on their face when they left funny enough it was actually there used uh the very first performance that we ever did at the people's improv theater in 2015 had a little bit of a happier ending and mm-hmm. we we cut the happy parts out of the end <laughs> um because it wrapped things up a little bit too nicely uh in a few spots and it was like uh, it didn't feel right to the what the story is saying and trying to say because it is the celebration of that we're all not the chosen one we're all we don't get to be the harrys of the world and maybe we all don't get these pretty little bows tied up in our stories and so there was a lot of things cut out at the very end that, I don't know, that were just there to keep it a little sadder, which mm-hmm. it's still full of jokes and laughs and all that. I don't mean, mean to make it sound like, you know, you'll be, <laughs> hate that you watch this. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's funny. <laughs> there's definitely a point in the, in the story, or you can tell from the audience, there's a point where you can feel how it goes from comedy to, oh, this mm-hmm. is, uh, we should be taking this a little seriously. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's always funny to hear when an audience is really loud and 
vocal that whenever you can kind of hear the breath get taken out of the room and then a couple parts where they get straight up angry about what's happening which is great (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah there was definitely a couple of scenes where i was like what no um now i did notice that you also uh did the sound design for the play um one of the things that i i paid attention to the second time i watched it is uh there's a obviously there's a school of magic there's (laughs) magic tricks that are being done but there isn't like you know, like big special effects uh, that are very visual. It's a lot of it is done through the sound design and you do an amazing job because it really conveys, it really conveys the magic that these students are doing without having to see anything. So talk a little bit about uh, designing the sound effects for these. Uh, well, thank you so much for noticing one. <laughs> a lot of people don't notice that. Uh, yeah, that was a big, th- I like to sound design my own plays a lot just because they do live in these genre spaces, mm-hmm. um, like fantasy, sci-fi or blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that's kind of stuff that you like music and sound plays so heavily into the feeling of like making it epic and making it fit into those genres. So I like to have that little bit of control in that. So I tend to do that. Nice. Um, with that though, uh, with particularly with using the sound effects to really heighten the magic that was happening. Well, when we first started doing the show, uh, we were in this tiny little comedy theater in New York. Uh, we were supposed to run for five performances at the time. And we had hoped that maybe we'd go a little bit longer and it was very much smaller. We really had, we had like for $5,000, I think is how we did. We made the show with $5,000. Um, and so that was all very much there to really, you know, to make these very small things we were doing, uh, feel bigger. And that's something that just, it fits with the show and fits with the, the month, like being a puff and like, you know, that everything's kind of, you know, not as grand and epic as it was. So it all worked. And so we've kept that as it's gone on and it works really well. Uh, we've made things a little bit fancier as we've, uh, leveled up, uh, so to speak. Um, but yeah, that was just—it's just kind of there because we're, we, you know, every things were made out of cardboard once upon a time, <laughs> um, and so it was like having something there to be epic in a way mm-hmm. uh, was important. So to fit the tone of the scale of it all. Yeah, I, I was—I will say—I was blown away by the the mentor. So oh yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> Again, that's another Madeline Bundy creation. <laughs> She's very talented. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, did you want to talk a little bit about the cast? Um, everyone just seems to be because it's it's it takes place over you know the entire seven years, and uh, it is a, a you know a decent sized stage, but it really feels like there's a cast of about a hundred people. Uh, in the play because it goes through so many different characters and so many different people. And when I counted the actors at the end, I was blown away by the amount of people that had to carry all of that stuff. So talk a little bit about the the cast of the show. Yeah, I think we had a number once about how many like characters are in the play. There's a cast of 11. I think it's yeah. like 60 or 70, <laughs> <laughs> which is very funny. Um, yeah, the cast, uh, especially because the show is still running in New York at the moment. We mm-hmm. have a, a much different cast than is in the filmed version, which you can watch on iTunes and Amazon and various <laughs> other places. Um, uh, that, that cast in the, the film version is mostly the very original cast that who were even in the very first reading of the play. Oh, nice. Um, the Cedric is different from our original run. Nick Carrillo, who plays Jay Finch, wasn't in the very first reading, but then he was in the second. Nice. Um, so it's this—it's a group of people who really grew with the show as it, it moved on, and so they did. Things have changed and evolved, and like jokes changed and evolved until we we found like the perfect balance. And everyone, and it's just so wonderful. A lot of people um, in the cast too. We all acted together in this theater company downtown, and so we're all very close friends, and we all really like each other, and everyone there still likes each other a lot which is great especially after having done something for you know uh almost four years at this point uh yeah oh they're just wonderful um so it's like uh some fun little tidbits that are in it like steve stout who does a whole lot of he has to do many many impressions um he probably has the the biggest load him and eleanor phillips uh do all the many of the teachers that you're familiar with and it was very funny to watch them they had to brush up on a lot of that right before we did the filming just to make sure that you know uh it would stay perfect and they've done a wonderful job um andy miller who plays leanne is a really wonderful she did the fight choreography for this big fight that you see at the end that's kind of full of a lot of really fun pop culture moments and the character is just so wonderfully like floaty she's like the truest puff of the puffs (laughs) and she's always managed to nail that and then um Langston Belton and Nick Carrillo, uh, Langston who plays Oliver Rivers in the show, and, and Nick who plays Jay Finch, and uh, particularly this character named Zach Smith who pops up later on, 
uh, we met them at the People's Improv Theater when we were doing Kapowie, and they're both really wonderful improvisers. Yeah. Um, and so there's some of that is also Steve does a lot of improv, a couple little improvised moments in the show that we infused a bit of improv into the, the play. One, because we noticed we had a lot of people uh, who were coming and seeing it multiple times, uh, which was really cool. And to me, I just wanted to make it to reward the multiple viewings thing. So there's aspects of Fuffs that are different every time you see it. For instance, this uh, this character named Zach Smith, who is hosting a sports tryout, uh, he goes on a big, long rant every night. And it's uh, different every single show because the actor kind of has free reign <laughs> to do whatever they want. And in the, the film version, it's very... It's a very long bit about the movie 27 Dresses. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yes. It, it's something that I didn't quite catch right away. <laughs> it, it took a few minutes and I'm like, wait a minute. Is he doing what I think he's doing? And uh, like I said, my friend who like loves like musicals and girly movies, she was like, yep, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> it was it was great, too, because it was just there was a common, it was a long term joke that he just really loved that movie, um, <laughs> to, which is the cast. And, it was, and for like a year or two, it, would ju- it just kept coming up. And it's a weird thing. And so that was the last uh, we filmed a few of the shows and, you know, mashed them together for mm-hmm. the filming of it. And he that was the last one he did. And it was like a, it felt like a culmination of, of years of talking about 27 dresses uh but it, you'll see when you watch it though there's some like co- commentary from me on the screen at the time though because whenever i was watching it like the cut of it i was like we have to tell people that this isn't in the show every time because i don't want people to think i stopped this you know play about wizards to put in a, a three minute long 27 <laughs> dresses joke <laughs> um, yeah the the beauty of the uh the the home version Oh, yes. <laughs> when you watch the film version, is that when you get to the credits, there's you get to see a few different versions of it, which I was yeah. so glad to see. I definitely wanted to see because the 27 dresses thing killed me, and I'm like, what else can this guy do? So uh, <laughs> I was very happy for uh, for those uh, those closing credit scenes. Yeah, they're very fun. Um, yeah, and just the whole cast is really wonderful, especially like Zach Moon and Julianne Earls, who play uh, Wayne and Megan, our leads. They're just that's where a lot of the heart has to reside in the play with them. And Jesse Canizaro, who does a wonder, who plays Bippy, who's a wonderful character, and <laughs> Sally Perks, but Bippy, Bippy's the star of the show in the, in the long run. <laughs> nice, I love Bippy. Uh, yeah, and I think that's everyone in though. And our and, uh, and uh, AJ Diddy, who plays our narrator, uh, who was uh, who's funny enough, he's also a writer and he writes some really wonderful things. Uh, right around the time I had come up with Puffs, he had come up with a very similar idea uh, when he was on uh, performing on a cruise ship, and he came back. And it was like, oh, we're kind of already doing that. But hey, do you want to be in it? <laughs> and that's how he ended up playing the narrator, which ended up being the perfect thing because he's he's so wonderful in it. Oh yeah, um, he he's great. His uh, yeah. his entrances uh, <laughs> when he's like, "This is your three. Oh, fantastic, yes, yes. fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful cast, and please look th- look at them. Find them all over the internet. They're great. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask. So what is next for you? Was there any other large franchises that you <laughs> want to tackle in a comedic sense? Any like Fantastic Beast? Or uh, <laughs> I want to let you know there there are eight Fast and the Furious movies. Just wanted to throw oh, that I out know. there too. Ooh. So, Ooh. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Ooh, uh, so, I'm gonna think about that. <laughs> so uh, so what's what's next for you? Uh, yeah, so we're actually funny enough that I mentioned this Capali show. Uh, we are we're hoping maybe that possibly the ideas out there that maybe we're going to try to do that again at some point. We'll see though, because uh, mm-hmm. it is very long. Um, otherwise, there's just uh, there's a lot of things up in the air. I have a, a play about uh, the Salem witch trials, which Ooh. is a co- comedic take on that. <laughs> that I'm uh, hoping to do some stuff with very soon. And yeah, there's some other projects I can't fully talk about. Oh, of course, um, uh, that live in sort of a choose your own style theater which is very fun and cool and exciting. And yeah, no, no other big like parodies out there, but there are, of course I, I'm, I'm always figuring out a way to do something within like the world of star Wars, possibly, even if it's just, I don't know, the only idea I've had at the moment, and I don't even know if I'll do this was, is about the, doing a play about the modal nodes, the band that plays at the (laughs) cantina. Uh, (laughs) That's the only idea I got. So nobody steal it. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's good. I, I, I would definitely go see that. Great. Right. Find out all the drama and all, what what goes on behind the, that one song. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have like images in my head of like the serious like biopic film <laughs> of these guys. Uh, you gotta find out figuring Dan, man. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find Puffs? Um, you did say that it is playing in New York right now, uh, but um, talk a little bit about where else people can find it if they wanted to check it out. 
Uh, yeah, so you can go to puffstheplay.com, and that'll be able to link you at all the places. Um, even if you're in Australia, there's currently production in Sydney. Um, but most uh, everywhere, at least in the United States, you can find it at, on iTunes and on Amazon um, and on Broadway HD if you subscribe to that. Um, uh, you just type in Puffs uh, the Play, I believe it'll sh- show up. And yeah, uh, I don't quite know how much it costs, but uh, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a really <laughs> cool and wonderful filmed version of it. Uh, that really gets, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the show on film and it's great. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask how accurate, well, not accurate, but, uh, the film version is fantastic. Uh, I love it. Is there any like, uh, like big differences between watching it on film and going to see it live? Um, not particularly. There's a few little moments that we, we specifically made it a little bit more filmable. And there's a few parts we wanted to play with that. We, there was a camera there. But you're really getting the show as it is. Of course, there's, there's something about live theater, and you're surrounded by a room full of people yeah. laughing. That's that's wonderful. And if you get the chance to see it in New York, I highly recommend it. But it is definitely it's 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 a wonderful version, and it's just as good, I'd say, if you can't make it out to New York uh, to watch it on your home screen well, of your choosing. <laughs> I've watched it a couple of times. I've seen it on Broadway HD. Uh, my friend was able to stream it through there, and I did purchase a copy on Amazon because it's one of those plays that. I can watch that probably like five times and still not catch all of the jokes and all the references. So I definitely wanted that experience. But uh, it is available to rent or buy through Amazon. It's, it's fantastic. Yes. yes. Uh, and Matt, if people wanted to follow you just to you know, see what's happening with you next, are you on social media at all? I am. I do not update it nearly enough, but every <laughs> once in a while I will. I'm uh, Matthew the Cox, C-O-X. <laughs> at, uh, on Twitter, uh, CoxyLoxy with two X's on Instagram. And you can uh, see some updates every once in a while on at MattCoxLand.com, nice. uh, which is my website. And everyone, uh, new things will pop up on there sometimes. But I, I tend to not update it because I'm sometimes lazy. <laughs> <laughs> or busy crafting the next joke a minute play. Most That's <laughs> what I meant to say. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us here at Soul Wizard Podcast. Uh, I am a huge fan of your work. I am definitely looking forward to what you have coming up next. And uh, thank you very much, man. Good luck with, with everything in the future. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. And we're back. That was a fantastic interview, Mark Ellis. Everybody should check out Puffs. Uh, it is now on iTunes and Amazon. That's right. And if you have uh, Broadway HD, you can stream it through that, too. Um, I also wanted to mention real quick that he also has a companion book to Puffs. Uh, it is going to be coming out uh, November 5th, and it's going to have uh, deleted scenes. It's going to have uh, photos. It's going to have a lot of things that you can review that goes with the play. A lot of behind the scenes stuff, too. Uh, and because the thing has so many jokes, I can't wait to read it. You can also get his script on Amazon, if you wanted to read the whole script for the play, it is available for sale on Amazon. Awesome. Well, thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. Glad to have you. Now we're going to jump into our Patreon feedback question. Every week, we ask a question of our Patreons. You can get yourself shouted out and answer the question by becoming a Patreon, supporting us at patreon.com backslash Podcast. Now, this question is completely unrelated to our interview we had today, but <laughs> I asked our Patreons to assign each of the co-hosts their Harry Potter school. What school should we be a part of? I don't know anything about Harry Potter. I'm going to be quite honest with you. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what any of this stuff means. <laughs> I'm going to need Mark and Aubrey to walk me through this. Now, have you guys ever... Um, done the sorting hat before yes okay. i i am sorted into a house on pottermore okay what what house is this which house am i sorted into yes gryffindor. the house of ill repute <laughs> gryffindor gryffindor okay what does that mean <laughs> so each of the houses values uh different things gryffindor values courage bravery um chivalry their mascot is a lion. Like Harry Potter is part of Gryffindor. I personally was surprised that I was sorted into Gryffindor because it it's mostly like people that are super brave and the leaders and the people get you done. And I do not feel as though that's me. 
But <laughs> that was what I was sorted into. There's three other houses. There's Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. Uh, Hufflepuff is more like loyalty. And um, I, I feel like they're more sensitive. They're they're known for being super hardworking and kind of just keep their head down and, and they're more laid back. Ravenclaw is, they value like wisdom and intelligence. And they're very smart, um, very, very smart group. Slytherin is the one where like most of the bad people come from. So they say they're the people who believe that um, you should only have pure bloods. They are known for ambition and resourcefulness, but they they also have their own type of leadership too. So Gryffindor and Slytherin kind of butt heads because they both are leaders, but in different ways. Slytherin tends to be a leader in a why, more negative way. Why do they have a team in school they assign people to to turn into villains? They, they're not really supposed to be villains. They just... I mean, it's like pretty obvious what's happening there. <laughs> it, it's more like... So a lot of people that get put into Slytherin are like purebloods who have really historical bloodlines. And they're they're just... Uh, I don't want to say they're dark, but they're they're just very cunning and they have a they have a very specific way of viewing the world and seeing the way things work it's kind of it's kind of like the difference between you know political parties one group sees things one way the other group sees things the other way (laughs) and that's not to say that one group is evil but you know that's to say that you know maybe some of the stuff that they've done doesn't really sit right Okay. I just it just didn't make sense to me. You'd be like, all right, well, you're gonna be in this group and we'll see you in six movies when you're the bad guy. <laughs> so, uh, Mark Ellis, what house are you in? I don't know. I never took that test. Damn it. Can you I, pick one? I, I meant to. I meant I, I meant... would think Mark would be Ravenclaw. Yeah, that's what I would think too. But see, I would think that you would be Ravenclaw, Aubrey. Yeah, I don't know how I ended up in Gryffindor. <laughs> Point to Gryffindor. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up there. Somebody help me. I'm in the wrong house. <laughs> These I'm people want to go into battle. I'm in the house of style. It, 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 the whole house would be like, all right, we're going to be front lines. And whoa, whoa, wait a minute, guys. Do we really want to be front line? <laughs> Let's think about this logically. <laughs> um, yeah, I took, I did take the quiz and I got Slytherin. <laughs> 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 I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it's <was> perfect. <laughs> so that being said, we did get some responses. Most of our responses were, I don't know enough about Harry Potter. <laughs> right. Yeah. This <laughs> is this is a very odd question for you to put out to the Patreon people. I was right trying on. to get something um, completely unrelated to our interview. Oh, okay. But uh, we did get a couple. Maggie from uh, Rock Candy Podcast said, she got me right. Joey and Slytherin. Aubrey and Hufflepuff. I I would dig Hufflepuff, too. Okay. And she got Mark Ellis and Ravenclaw. Oh, wow. I would put Mark and Ravenclaw, too. So, uh, yeah, good job, Maggie. I think you were pretty damn close there. Uh, Adam Wallyhawk came out with me as Hufflepuff. Uh, That doesn't sound right at all. (laughs) Adam has ever watched Harry Potter, probably. (laughs) (laughs) He's just throwing (laughs) names out there. Uh, he's just like, ah, you're in the house of a thousand corpses. Uh, I don't know what's happening. You're in, uh, the movie house Two, the second story. Uh, I don't know. That's a deep cut, huh? House party um, Two, the <laughs> pajama jam, <laughs> pajama jimmy jam. Your mascot's going to be house. a honey badger. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but in, then he put you and Mark in Ravenclaw. Oh, wow. So it's, looks like you're a Ravenclaw, Mark. I, I yeah. guess so. Just accept it. And then we got a bunch of snide comments about Harry Potter also, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to read those. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. To be Thanks. fair, I would, I was closely tied with Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. was not closely tied with Slytherin. It was, it was like a 1% difference that put me into Gryffindor in the test that you gave me. I did sort into Gryffindor on Pottermore though. 
I, I went to go to the Pottermore to do it, and then you had to like register, and I'm like, this is a lot of effort. So <laughs> I found the bootleg one. The bootleg one gave percentages, and that I was like a one percent difference between uh, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, and Ravenclaw. What was that terrible uh, movie with? Uh, I think Jeff Bridges was like a wizard in it that like got delayed like 35 times. No idea. Do you know what I'm talking about, Mark? No. I'm saying that's that's more along the lines of what this quiz was because it was so bootleg. Jeff Bridges wizard movie. Let's see. True Grit. Seventh Son. <laughs> the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Seventh Son with Alicia Vikander and Julie. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Never even seen this movie. Oh my god, it looks amazing um it's really bad i just remember because i i remember seeing trailers for it for like two and a half years it has a three-star rating what was on that imdb what was that movie where like some guys like uh indian or something and he like has to travel across the frozen tundra and like the trailer i had to see the trailer for like three years you have any idea what i'm talking about mark no oh man i, I don't remember either it wasn't axel axl but it's like similar to that Anyway, that was our Patreon <laughs> feedback question this week. Don't forget, you can sign up at patreon.com backslash so wizard podcast and get yourself shouted out in the Patreon feedback question every week on the podcast. So we're going to wrap it up, wrap it before we tap it. With some recommendations for the listeners out there. Aubrey, what do you got? I have nothing. Oh. I know. Damn it. I keep meaning to like think of something to give to the listeners to do. Everybody go watch Love and Other Disasters because that's going to be coming up at some point. We're going to be doing that. I hate you now watch. Go watch Love and Other Disasters. Take notes and keep them. You can take notes on your phone now, so it's easy to keep them. Yes. Make sure you don't delete them. Awesome. How about you, Mark Ellis? Uh, yeah, I want to once again recommend you check out the Broadway, off-Broadway play Puffs or Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic and Magic. Uh, it is hysterical. I know, Joe, you're not a fan of the Harry Potter franchise, but there's a character that speaks only in Ivan Drago quotes through the entire play. <laughs> Every time they you ask had a question, my curiosity, like, <laughs> but now you have my attention. It's really, it's really, really, really funny. I can't stress it enough. There's references to Star Wars, to Serenity. Uh, it's so geek heavy, uh, and it's and it works. It's it's hysterical and it's emotionally moving too at certain parts. And, and here's the thing, Mark. We get a lot of these requests from people <laughs> that want to come on the podcast or want us to watch their thing. And usually, sometimes we're like, after we watch it, but. I sent Mark the link to this, and then he's like, yep, get him on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's how I know this is good. This is a legitimately good product. It is It is awesome, especially if you're a fan of a certain uh, boy wizard at a certain school. <laughs> I, have right. it, I have it in my um, library, and I watch it. I, I, I'll, I'll keep it in my library. I love it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I will suggest everyone goes to SoWizardPodcast.com, where they find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Movie reviews, streaming picks, so much more. So is your podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just about anywhere you can get podcasts under the sun, including now on iHeartRadio. We will be there. Check out our YouTube channel, YouTube, and search So Wizard Podcast. Weekly new videos from uh, Adam Wallyhawk. He just dropped one talking about his feelings about the DCEU. And he's still working on Steven Spielberg's filmography on his on his other video series on our channel as well. So there's a lot of cool stuff there. Aforementioned Patreon page, patreon.com backslash so is your podcast. Support our show monetarily and get yourself exclusive extra episodes of the show. The only way to hear our reviews of Bumblebee, of Bohemian Rhapsody. We've got our 20th anniversary retrospective of The Phantom Menace on there. Coming up this month is going to be Nerd, uh, Bad Word That Rhymes With Truck, Mary Kill. And uh, a lot of cool stuff coming up on there, including a retro review of The Dark Crystal. So jump on board at patreon.com. Actually, so was your podcast. I will suggest you go to the movies and check out the reboot of Child's Play. 
because that, my friends, is what we will be talking about next week on the podcast. Of course, being a horror movie, we've got to excuse Aubrey from the show. So we've got a very special guest from one of my favorite podcasts, The Countdown TV and Movie Reviews. We will have Paul on to help us power through some nerd news and check out a horror movie. I am super excited. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. It's a very exciting time for us. I'm so. very excited. I don't have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully when I'm walking out of the movie theater, I won't envy you. Up. <laughs> yeah. But that is going to do it for this week. Episode 254 in a row of the So Wizard podcast. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Master has given Dobby a sock. Dobby is a free elf. <laughs> Hope it's not a crusty sock. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. Aspecto Patronus. Wakanda forever. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. You I go. think somebody says at some point. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Good journey. Yeah.